You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in yet again. And if you're new here, I haven't really, I don't really ever introduce myself. I just assume that you all found this podcast because you follow me on Instagram. Um, But lo and behold, I get lots of people just off of the podcast app who might find themselves here being like, what is this and who is this? So if that's you, hi, I'm Devin. (laughs) I've never introduced myself on the podcast before, Um, but welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a show where we talk about all aspects of being an artist, and sometimes we talk to other artists, and I'm really big on normalizing pretty much anything and everything, Um, honoring the pace of our own path, honoring whatever road that has taken, um, and really just shining light on all the different ways that it can look and hopefully making it more accessible to anybody who feels the call to make. Um, Accessibility is really important to me. And I feel like that feeds in pretty well with today's topic which is all about navigating periods of not making. Now, before we get into this, um, I just want to say this is really common for artists to experience. It's come up in every artist group I've ever run. When I polled you guys on Instagram for what you want to hear this week, it was the top contender. So you're not alone if you're feeling this way. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit about it in general. Then I'm going to talk about some things that might be the culprit or the cause of it, for better or for worse. And then I'll give some ideas and solutions if it is right for you to move out of a period of not making into some more making. So let's dive right in. Okay, so we have to start this conversation off with normalizing the fact that as artists, we probably shouldn't be making work 365 days a year. It's extremely normal to have a cycle to your output. It's natural. The earth has four seasons. We are not meant to be on hyperdrive all of the time, despite what capitalism may teach us or social media may show us. And so for you, if you're in this period, I want you to ask yourself, what came before this period? Did you have a large output? We'll talk about other life things that might be going on and other reasons, but that's just the first point of check-in. Is this just a natural ebb in between the flow? Because if it is, that's really, truly something to be embraced, and I have found to be essential to my own practice. I have found that without taking breaks in between series or periods of time where there's large outputs, my work just simply is not as good. Part of art is the germination period, is the ideation phase, is the inspiration. And that can't happen if we're just churning and churning and making and making and making. Um, I also think that some people have more tolerance for output than others. I am actually on the very low end of the scale. I feel like the slowest painter on the planet. (laughs) I don't enjoy making large quantities of work. Um, I would prefer to, to put in a lot of um, like preparation and sketches and, and thoughtfulness to specific pieces. But that means that my output is much lower than a lot of my peers. And that's just something I've had to accept about myself. If you're somebody who happens to be listening to this with a high output, that's great. But I'm saying this 
as again, as a check-in, what is your natural rhythm? Um, because your natural rhythm is actually part of your work. It's actually going to probably feed into what you're even making. So really honoring that like your rhythm, your process, your pace um, is exactly probably what it needs to be for the work that is yours to make. So that all being said, I also think it's important to address that we live in a society that is telling us we have to make all the time. And I, I kind of like nudged at that a little bit, but I want to address it directly. So that all being said, even though I kind of hinted at it, I want to address it directly, which is that we live in a culture and a society, especially if you're in the U.S., um, that encourages constant production, that values it, that tells us that we're not doing the right thing, that we're doing something wrong, that we are falling behind if we're not meeting a certain quota. And I think that as artists, we are so up close against that toxicity (laughs) because our work literally can't be made like that. Like, I think that if you make a product or if you, you know, run a, a different kind of business, you can do your best to meet that kind of expectation and almost get away with it, even if you're exhausted. <laughs> but the truth is, if you're an artist, like art literally can't be made like that. So you have no choice but just to reject it and to go at your own pace. But the problem with that, or not the problem with it, but a, a common result of that is then you judge yourself, <laughs> right? Like you feel bad or think that there's something wrong with you for not being able to meet some sort of external um, goalpost or expectation. So I just want to point that out, that as artists, we are so up close against this issue in a way that I don't think many other professions are. And so it's just yet another way that being an artist is challenging, but also awesome (laughs) and something that I can really stand behind. So that's the next check in for you if you're in a period of not making. Um, Are you indulging some self-blame? Are you feeling bad about something that you really shouldn't feel bad about at all? And are you letting some sort of external expectation or what you think you see happening on social media make you feel bad about your own pace? Because if you are, and if you have let some of these thoughts and feelings creep in a little bit, I'm here to remind you that a period of not making does not mean in any way, shape, or form that you're not an artist. I think that's also what makes it challenging, you know, aside from the expectations or the things we might be measuring ourselves against, is being an artist is so personal and it's such an identity to so many of us that we have this belief that if we're not constantly engaging with it, it makes us less than, less of an artist. And I just want to say that's simply not true. And I I want to go back to the fact that periods of not making are inherent in being an artist. Going at your own pace, um, operating with cycles and seasons of creation, and then just dealing with life, which we're going to talk about in a second, like even outside of your natural rhythm and cycles and seasons, it's all part of it. And so don't for a second... Let anything outside of yourself make you feel like you're not an artist, even if you haven't made anything in years. I think so much of being an artist actually doesn't have to do with the tangible things that we're making. So much of it has to do with how we're perceiving the world, how we're relating to life, the way that we're looking at things, what we're thinking about, how we're engaging with the world around us. 
And all of that happens in periods of not making. So you're still doing it just by being you and being who you are. I also think that some of the fear that happens in periods of not making is like, oh, I'll never find my way back to it. And I also want to be the voice of reason to tell you that is not true. You will find your way back to it. Think of times in your life where you weren't making a lot. I'm sure you can think of them. They were definitely happening between the ages of like five and seven. (laughs) I mean, maybe you were drawing with crayons, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's not something that you can lose and you will come back to it when the time is right for you. I can personally attest to this, that I've had many periods of time, whether it was for mental health reasons or logistical travel reasons, um, just general seasons of life, like not even having to do with my own process where, you know, I really wasn't able to make. And I can tell you that it always has come back around. And oftentimes I've come back better with fresh eyes, with a new perspective and a greater appreciation. Okay, so we've gotten... Most of the like permission slips and pep talks and normalizing out of the way, I actually think that's the most important part of the conversation. But now let's talk a little bit about, you know, what if you're just really experiencing a lot of resistance, it's really uncomfortable for you, and you would really like to, in this moment, find your way back to making. I think in this scenario, we do need to do a little digging into where this is coming from. Again, it could just be that you're fucking tired. (laughs) Sorry, life is tiring. Sometimes you need your energy for other things. But and also, it might be that you are experiencing a lot of fear, a lot of self-criticism, perfectionism, self-doubt, all the big bad bullies. I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it actually takes me a minute to realize that this is what's going on. Sometimes I will find myself having just like a really hard time in the studio for a week or two weeks and I just can't figure it out. I'm frustrated, not really looking directly at it. And then a couple weeks into it, it'll hit me like, whoa, I think I'm being really hard on myself. Or, whoa, I think I've been imagining this imaginary person who is going to judge my work and it needs to meet their standards and I need to be able to explain it to them and... I'm thinking about what they might think about it and if it would be good enough or it would be accepted into this gallery. And I've created this whole imaginary judge scenario that's this like hodgepodge of people I follow that I don't even know and don't even know me. And I've used it to like basically constantly find new ways to say my work is to this or to that or not enough this or not enough that. Does that sound familiar? If any of that resonates, I think this is a good moment for a pause. Just like take a break, take a breath, and just look directly at, is that what's going on? Am I finding ways to put down my work or my process or tell myself that it's not valuable? I truly think that noticing it is half of the battle because then we can kind of just say, okay, that's what's going on. Maybe There's not a way to put a direct stop to that, but maybe I can also refocus on something else. For me, what helps is filling myself up with the good stuff, with my genuine reasons for making work, with the things I genuinely care about, the things that really light me up and fuel my process. I actually did a whole episode on this pretty much topic um, called reconnecting with your work and self-doubt or self-doubt and reconnecting with your work. One of those. 
If this particular point of the conversation resonates with you, I recommend listening to that. But essentially the idea is a bit of acceptance that that harsh voice in your head, that fear, that might not ever go away. Um, I think that there, I know for me, there's periods where it's more or less activated and sometimes the activated periods are very intense, but I have gotten to a point where I just know that I'm going to be doing this for life and there will always be a part of me that's afraid and that wants to be really good and is afraid that I won't be. And so that afraid part is coming along for the journey as well. And the more I can just accept that and maybe accompany it with a loving partner and accompany it with all of my genuine reasons for loving my work, the part that's excited and unafraid, the more I can bulk that part up, the better chance I have. I think this is especially a good remedy if you're dealing with a lot of comparison is to just shut the computer off, shut the Instagram off, eyes on your own work, on your own history of work, on your own reasons, on your own inspiration and build your own self and creative voice up as much as possible. Um, And a great way to do that too is something easy and low pressure, maybe even something that you don't usually do. I find that's a really good trick of the brain because it's like, oh, we're not doing our art with a capital A. We're just messing around with something that doesn't matter. And so that's a good segue into my next suggestion is finding easy points of entry. Um, A great one I love, especially if you're dealing with a lot of self-criticism, is crafts. (laughs) I love a good craft. Freaking love decorating a good gingerbread house. I don't care what time of year it is, but that's because I like candy. Um, But anything, like even if you just look up a craft on Instagram, I think especially, or not on Instagram, on Pinterest, that's where the crafts live, Pinterest. Um, especially if you've been in a long period of not making and you feel really daunted by like getting back even into your sketchbook or to your studio and that feels really overwhelming, something really simple to just get your hands moving and yourself playing with materials. Um, I love my friend Marissa, who's been on the show a couple times now, runs these clay dates where she, um, like gives a demonstration and we all follow along and we kind of make it our own, but it's really about working with the foam clay. Things like that are so helpful. They're just like little crutches and a support system for when you're wanting to be creative, wanting to engage, but just the idea of like, what am I going to make for my next body of work that's meaningful is like so overwhelming because that's kind of always overwhelming, but it especially is if you're going through a time like this, that easy point of entry that's just fun and gets your hands moving is everything. Now, if your period of not making is happening, not because you're having resistance and not because you are um, just like in a natural cycle of needing a break, but it's happening because your lifestyle is a bit crazy at the moment. I know we can all relate to that. The lack of time, perhaps the number one culprit of the not making. (laughs) If this is your reason for not making, I'm going to talk more about doable points of entry, but I think specifically we need to focus on ways you can doably engage with your practice. And I also think that means adjusting what you think qualifies as legitimate art making time. This is something that came up in my um, small artist group in our past meeting was that this woman in my group you know, she felt like she had to reserve two to three hours of painting time. And if she couldn't hit that, she just felt like she was a failure or not doing it. And then everybody in the group shared their art practice, their regular art practice. And almost 
everyone said that they were getting by on like 20 to 30 minute increments of time a couple days of week. Like she thought that everybody around her was having these big, long studio painting stretches when the actual reality was that everybody was just squeezing it into their schedule and she just needed to realize like, oh, that's what's normal. That's the standard I should be holding myself to. And so I want to say the same thing for you. These big glamorous studio sessions or painting times, that's the exception. Um, Yes, some artists work like that if they're full-time. And even if you're full-time, a lot of the times you actually have less time to paint. Hi, raise his hand. Um, I don't actually know that I have more time to paint now than I did before I was full-time, but that's a story for another day. So just normalizing that um, that's not normal. (laughs) What is more typical and more practical that I think most artists are doing are finding doable ways to engage with their practice that fits with their schedule. So I have a couple suggestions for finding doable ways to engage with your work. One is working in studies, Um, just getting quick ideas out, sketching with a material that doesn't take a lot of time to set up, like watercolors or colored pencils, Um, working digitally. I mean, if you're somebody where working on your iPad is a natural part of your process, that's the easiest point of entry because there's no setup and no cleanup. Um, You can also do it in bed. And doing it in an increment of time that actually is doable for your schedule. And this is where you need to be really honest with yourself. Are you really going to come home and draw for an hour after work? Because if not, when you don't do it, you're going to feel like a failure. Now, maybe you could commit to just doodling with your pencil with your coffee in the morning for 10 minutes. Maybe that's more doable for you. And I think the tendency with this, and I know this is actually something that's been talked about a lot, but I think it has been talked about a lot for a reason, is people think that 10 minutes isn't enough, so then they don't do it, and then they don't engage with their practice at all. But I'm telling you, the real truth is you can get so much done in 15 minutes a day, like so much done. You will feel so much better about where you're at with your work. The other tip I have, and I think this works well for a busy schedule, for resistance, pretty much works for all the things, is having your plan set, having your workstation or whatever you're going to do set up. There was something I listened to about building habits, and the guy was saying that one of the main reasons people don't go to the gym is they don't know where they're going to like get their water and put their towel and put their stuff when they get there. Hi, hi, person with anxiety. I so relate to this. I hate going to a new yoga studio or whatever where I don't know exactly how it's going to go and what the protocol is. And so that's a reason to not go. And so what this guy suggests is make a plan to go visit your gym and just do a little tour. Walk in, put your stuff down, walk around the room, figure out where the machines are that you're going to want to use, and then leave. (laughs) You're not actually there to work out. You're just surveying the area. And what this does is like your brain has already carved out that pathway that was an unknown that would have been a barrier to you working out. It's not something you're going to have to figure out on the spot, Um, especially if working out is something you would have already had resistance to. You're like removing a level of resistance. So that's a long unrelated story about a gym to say, I think the same thing goes for your art practice. If you don't know what you're going to work with, you don't know what you're going to work on, meaning like, what are you actually going to paint or draw? We'll talk about that in a second. 
and you don't know when you're gonna do it or for how long, well, of course you're gonna have a hard time showing up because you know you're gonna have to figure all of that out when you show up to get there. So take that out of the way, make a plan beforehand. What materials are, are you going to use? Maybe give yourself some prompts for what you'd like to sketch. I worked with an artist and we made a whole list of interesting subject matter for her and it included like donuts and outdoorsy stuff and snacks. I'm just listing foods now. Um, but, and like prompts for feelings and emotions and depicting a scene that might look like this or feel like this and color palettes that she wanted to try. And we actually created a whole system where she divided them up into subject, color, and I think composition or mood. And she would pick one thing out of each hat or jar, and that would be her assignment for the day. She made it fun. She made a project out of it and it fit her personality too. And so setting that up in whatever way is appropriate for your work, I think can help so much. And in addition to that, you want to have your space set up. Now, I know that this might be more or less practical depending on your situation, but little things like even having your iPad charged or picking out three colors and a brush and just setting them on the kitchen table ready to go. All of that is going to help you so much. And if you're in a period of not making, a little goes a long way. For somebody else who, you know, isn't having this issue, this might just be a very boring part of the episode that feels very practical and redundant and that's fine. But you know that if you're in a period where you're really struggling, the smallest things can make a difference. So take advantage of that. Okay, so the last thing I'll conclude with is the importance of creating a habit and sticking to it. There can be so many reasons why it's hard for us to show up to our practice, but the truth is the more you make a habit of it, the more likely you are to do it. And the farther away you get from it, Again, with so many disclaimers because it's so fine to get far away from it, <laughs> but especially if you're in a period of resistance and you, and you kind of know it's time to get back on the wagon, it's like not making begets not making and making begets making. And so you might need to take the first couple challenging steps of bringing your inner critic along for the ride, like normalizing that your appropriate Time frame for creating might just be 15 minutes a day, getting a little plan set up, walking yourself through the motions, holding your hand along the way, getting on Pinterest and finding a seasonal craft, whatever it is, <laughs> take those steps because they will snowball into bigger things, which I think ultimately is what we're wanting I know so many of us are wanting to make that art with a capital A and make this grand work. And so that might stop us from doing all these little things and workarounds that I just talked about, but you can't get to B without going through A, you know? So honor whatever season you're in. If it's time for you to not make, embrace that shit. Throw on Bridgerton, which is such a questionable season two, but we'll keep you watching. <laughs> Relax, enjoy. Um, know what you need, you know? I think that's part of the battle that we all have is like, when is it time to give ourselves a little push and when is it time to rest? And I think getting to know ourselves and what works for us is all part of it. So I'm sending you so much love. I am your biggest cheerleader. Your work matters. Your rest matters. 
please remember all of that. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. So if you would like to support the show, please do leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on the app, just scroll down, hit the five stars, let people know why you like the show. Those reviews sincerely make my day. You know, I get so many messages on Instagram that's like, thank you so much for the show. And I I love those messages so much. And I just want to be like, could you put that in a review? But I don't. (laughs) I just say thank you. But this is me saying that if you've ever sent me a message like that, I would love for you to put it in a review because that's what actually helps the show get out there to other artists. Um, The other thing that helps is sharing on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it and tag us at Art and Magic Podcast and give us a little follow over there. And if you would like to see what I'm up to, my handle is at Devin Walls Art. So I will see you in two weeks because we're on a bi-weekly schedule, which I haven't actually named in a long time, but that's what we're doing. Episodes come out every other Wednesday. And next Wednesday, we have a very special guest. So stay tuned for that. Bye for now.